Hello, everyone, and welcome to Consumer Culture. I am your host, Adam. This is the show where I drink my peach smoothie and, and you know, recover my sore muscles while Jesse talks about stuff. Hello, Jesse. <laughs> you sound worse now than you did uh, last week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, it's boy. Gonna be, gonna be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, what we're doing this week is an idea I came up with. We're doing worst slash least favorite movies by great directors. And, like, they need to be, like, most of these directors we pitched are ones with, like, a pretty impressive resume of bangers. So it's but like there's least, our, our least favorite of their popular stuff. Because, yeah, like, like, listen, yeah, obviously, like, you know, it, again... Like, if, if we need to get super granular about the details of what we're doing here, then go listen to something. Like, honestly, if you need us to, like, go over the rules, you you we are not the show for you. Like, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. Like, when I say worst films by great directors, you know what I mean. Obviously, James Cameron directed Piranha 2, The Eatening, or whatever it was called. We don't, that doesn't count. No yeah. one talks about Swept Away by Guy Ritchie. No one wants. No, to talk I was about, about to say to people. No one talk wants about. to talk about it. You don't. Yeah, no one wants to look at a car wreck, but you still do. Like, <laughs> Let's. We're we're gonna at least try a little harder than that. Yes. Uh. So we do have a couple hard mode on a few of these, but uh. So we're starting off with Stanley Kubrick. Uh. Jesse. Jesse has been. Off the like Jesse's been when fucking lifting this up. Like he's got something to say. Go ahead. I'm I'm really going to keep this as as sh- simple and sweet as possible and be like a lawyer with a closing argument and then be done. God. Uh, <laughs> what? That's the least amount of damage. <laughs> mm. So, I've seen basically all his notable films except um Lolita, because I can't find it. I wonder why. Yeah, that, we actually just passed. <laughs> I wonder 30th, why that movie's so hard to find. <laughs> we actually just passed the thirtieth anniversary of that movie, and the trailer for that movie is just how did they make a movie about Lolita? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like the e- the real easy answer probably could be like Spartacus, but um, eh. for me it's Honestly, it's two thousand one: A Space good. Odyssey. Because oh boy, yeah. Um, it took me three attempts to watch it. I fell asleep in the first two. <laughs> so I think that constitutes without me being like, oh, it's bad and everyone's wrong. That's just how you can prove it's my least favorite. It's one of only like five movies I've ever fallen asleep watching. The other one's like Lawrence Arabia because it's super fucking long. Um, and stuff like that. And, uh, Godfather 3. Not saying they're the same level. I was about to say. A, this Ooh. is just the list of stuff I've fallen asleep to. Okay. Oh man, I should get a it's fire sound effect for these hot right. takes. <laughs> yes. Um Hold a second. So from now on, whenever we get a hot take, it's just give it to you. Every time, whenever there's a hot take, I'm, I've got it gimmick. ready. Go ahead. Alright, alright, that's my gimmick. Um What was that? It was a fart with a with uh applied reverb. Okay. At least Go, it, keep at going. least it was on your soundboard. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> um I love sci-fi film the most. Like it's what I seek out for film, and so I understand that like it's supposed to be sacrilegious to say you don't like 
2001 for whatever reason. But I guess 2001 is not a hard sci-fi to me. It is a bare bones. We're using science fiction as a vehicle to convey these other ideas. Um, I like a lot. Of, I like a lot of the concepts put in it. Like I really like Hal. I like what he, he represents in that that section. If they did that by itself, like these feel like shorts and vignettes more than like a full on movie. And yes, I understand they're interconnected with the monoliths. And so that's it feels fine. like a uh, um, sci-fi movie made in the '60s, is what you're saying, right? Um, but like, like honestly, that's why that's a lot of a lot of 2001's, you know, reverence is yeah, that's the fact charm. That, that's what like, people. Well, no, are... it's it did all this stuff before anyone else. Well, yeah, like, there's that too. Like I'm... sci-fi movies you see today, hard sci-fi that you see today doesn't exist without 2001. That's why people no, love it yeah, so much. No, yeah, absolutely. Look, I never want to go down that road, but I am for whoever I am, just a modernist kind of person, especially when it comes to film, where like you can be first to do stuff, and that's not gonna impress me or make me recognize like, oh yeah, that makes it the best. I, I just can't be that person, and I know a lot of our culture is. I don't know like, if anybody's oh, saying first, it's the best. So like I don't. Think I don't know. I've heard, I've I've seen plenty of people like this. Is just a random example that um the original nineteen thirty nine King Kong or whatever is better than the 05 just because it was the oh, it first is. one. Oh, I think and it no, is. The O five no. version is fucking boring. No, no. But um, it's, that's a different it's, argument. That's a three and a half um, hour movie. That's just a lot of. That's, this Adrian is a three Brody. and a half hour argument. Let's move like, on. No, I'm like not... that movie is. I I think the Peter Jackson movie is totally serviceable, but the '30s one is fascinating. I mean, I I get the whole the claymation thing and the ingenuity, and I get that. It's fine. But like, it still knows how to tell its story in a concise and not bloated way. That's We're the thing. Going off topic. I haven't even. I haven't even finished. <laughs> All right, 2001, the movie we're talking Je about. I can't believe Jesse is that kid who would refuse to watch black and white movies. I feel so betrayed. Oh, whatever. I'm I was I, I was that way when I was way younger, like 10 years ago. But uh, I think every teenager usually I thought is. you were going to say 10 years um, old, and then you said like 10 years ago, and it just threw yeah. me off. That's that's your fault for, you know, putting expectations. Just keep <laughs> no, going. I'm kidding. All right. Um... I don't think 2001 tells the story people think it does. Is just what I've gotten out of it. The two times I've now seen it without falling asleep. Um, I brought this up before. I think this is a very satirical movie. I think this is making fun. Uh, I think this Kubert making fun of the idea of man trying to master anything, really. Because um, the the apes freaking out and you know beating each other and killing each other just because like they see this monolith and they and their brains like alter or whatever and they become man now because they can murder each other over this thing that they like and then later on when Hal becomes smarter than them and you know kills kills the one guy and tries to outsmart them because he thinks he knows better and all these things it just feels like this big like inside joke metaphor that people just won't understand of like anything in general, but let's say movies just to, you know, be annoying, I guess of Kubrick Kubrick's aware 
even then, because the dude's always been ahead of his time. That's that's undeniable. Um, of the way people react to things, and like, no, this is mine. This is how I am. This is uh, what makes me me, and you can't have it. And you're nothing compared to what this thing means to me. It's how people argue about everything for the last forty years. Since this movie came out, since before it, but especially now with the internet, it's been even worse. Like, Hubert, if he'd lasted to see what Twitter was, he probably would be like, man, how can I, like, fuck this shit up? Um, and I think that's what it, what it really is. It's making fun of man thinking that he has control at all, and also just a satirical um, analog of people coveting art thinking that it's subjective i think the monoliths represent how we treat have, how we probably always treated films i don't know because i'm 25 and so i'm at the tail end of a you know a century of filmmaking that's how it's all that's how the first two the first time i saw it all the way through felt like it's it's not really this deep man versus nature kind of thing as far as like the way I've heard people explain it to me, it's more so of man can never change, yet he's always changing. It's it's the song remains the same kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. I and, will say that. Yeah, mentioning that you've watched the movie twice and then saying that everyone else's interpretation of the story is wrong and yours is right <laughs> might be the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. In my I didn't say life. that mine was right. But you said this movie isn't telling the story that literally everyone else thinks it is. That's how I feel. I'm sorry. God. But, you know, I see what you're saying. But here's the thing. I think all those people also understand that it's satire. Like, what you just described is basically the same thing they've been saying. It's just you added the word satire to it. Like, yes, it's man that against, makes it, it's man a world against himself. It's man against himself. It's man, like... It's it's man's folly. It's man trying to control things. It's man trying to become God. That's the plot that everyone else has been saying this movie is for years. Like, yeah, but no yeah. one calls it a satire, and I feel like that's a very different. Um, but like, I feel like if outlook you went on to those it that people, really matters because people take this film extremely seriously. But like, I feel people like if you went to like a rage like, induced when you don't like this film or when you don't you know understand what's going on or whatever. I think that matters the most is just how angry and serious people take this film. And okay. I don't think it should be. His worst movie is Eyes Wide Shut. Moving on. <laughs> uh, like, come on. Like, it's, it's like, uh, yes, like 2001 is very interesting. It's hard to watch. It's, it's way different from what we see now. But, like, I don't know. This is I art. just think there's art. a piece missing. That's all. Let me finish a sentence. Art is subjective. Art is what it means to you, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. If those people get mad because you don't under because you don't view the film the same way they do, then they suck, and vice versa. But I don't know if that should. I don't know if that makes a movie bad, or like I understand why that makes you, that's your least favorite because like it's it's like Rick and Morty, where like <laughs> it's well made, but its fans mean I'm never going to watch that show again because I don't want to be associated with them. You, uh, you you need to play that hot take. You just you just basically said two thousand one is the Rick and Morty of of his generation. Do it. <laughs> that would kill some people, which would be hilarious. I that's not what I said. That is anyway, basically what you said. Anyway, listen, 
If you're gonna no, if you're gonna make those jumping uh those no. jump points to me, I'm gonna do it to you. No. You just I just <laughs> quoted exactly what you said. I quoted you back to you. You twisted my words. There is a difference. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> um So from there we're going to the Cohen brothers. I think we both have the same answer for this, and it's the answer everyone else has, which is the lady killers. Like I'm being the lady a, killers I wanna so be a bad. devil's advocate. Oh God! You know, uh, you know what's <laughs> so I, the problem of being a devil's advocate? But you're still advocating for the devil. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's a phrase. I don't believe in the devil, so yeah. yeah but still, people used to, like anyway. Please go allow on. me to introduce myself. I'm about oh. to end this call. All right, keep going. All right, okay, so. <laughs> Because I, I quoted Rolling Stones? Why we haven't gotten to Martin Stones? Scorsese yet. We haven't gotten to Martin Scorsese yet. You can't bring up the Rolling Stone. You have to save the Stones <laughs> for Scorsese. Uh, so petty. No, I'm kidding. All right. But yeah, okay, so defend the Lady Killers. Which, to be fair, don't get me wrong. I do, there is entertainment to be had in the Lady Killers. Yeah. Um, so, so I actually watched it last night to remember if it was worse than I recalled. And everyone else was right, and I'm just crazy because that's usually the, that's usually the point, okay? With no. even Space Odyssey, that's usually the I was, point. I was about I'm to say, crazy. no, no, no. You just um, made the point that everyone else is wrong, and that you're no, the didn't. one who I'm. I'm messing with you. Go on, go everyone, on. Everyone, everyone just thinks differently. I never said the phrase wrong. I just said that they weren't correct. Well, you did say. <laughs> yeah, I was about to I say. I did probably say wrong. I did right. probably say wrong. Anyway, go on, go on. I hate you. No, that's <laughs> I'm fair. kidding. That's fair. <laughs> um. So I watched it, and what I always got from it, and even last night, it just feels like the way it was written, because, you know, everything that uh, Coen Brothers do is super purposeful. Yep. Like, they, they know, I think they know how bad that movie is, because they wanted it to be. Because it's a very short film, it's very indie-ish, um, like, like, I don't think they really promote it super crazy, except, you know, like, the production commercials probably were like oh it's a laugh out comedy i was about to say no, this movie got like a bigger um, mainstream advertising push than any coen brothers okay. had ever gotten got like it was like this and then it didn't happen again until like burn after reading maybe that could also be the joke <laughs> i don't know but it always felt and i mean this in a very positive way like a really bad community play that some hack ass um, dude who thinks he's the next Shakespeare wrote and directed and produced all himself. And when people don't clap at the end, they're the fools. They're, they're absolutely wrong. It's like, no, this is a masterpiece. That's how it always felt to me. Um, especially with Tom Hanks character, which is just like the best dumbest devil character. And because he's, he's basically supposed to be Satan. Yeah. Like they do all the hallmarks and stuff, especially the religious old black woman. Um, that may be the toughest part in hindsight is, is the, um, portrayal of every kind of black person in this movie. It's rough. Maybe that was an issue. Yeah. It's rough. Um, oh my God. It's rough. Cause like, I don't know the, the, the whole N word situation, um, how that's used is strange, very strange. Um, but, uh. I don't know. I still laughed a lot at how bad it was. Like the here's whole the thing. Time. Like I understand um, where you're coming from, and the Coen Brothers are definitely the Coen Brothers. You don't intentionally make a wide release major motion picture as shittily as possible. That does. That's not a thing that happens. I feel like like that, 
I feel like the Coen brothers would totally no. do that. No, the Coen brothers wouldn't do that. The Coen brothers would do that on some little fucking $6 million budget, like, you know, awards picture. Yeah, they would take those chances. But this was like, this was the Coen brothers' mainstream. Like, this, that's, that's the thing. This was them getting a decent budget. It was $35 million, which is a decent amount for 2004, especially for the Coen brothers. Pretty big. And getting a wide release, a mainstream... Like, this was them trying to make a mainstream movie. I don't think it was them trying to make a mainstream movie poorly. I think it was just them trying to make a mainstream movie, and it's showing doesn't, that they can't. It doesn't feel like a mainstream movie. Like, th- this, me, it's a super broad comedy. Like, like, it's fucking... Mm, like, it's a really broad... Like, look at Tom Hanks in that movie. Look at Marlon Wayans in that movie. Look at the old black... Like, look at every guess, character in I that movie. simply because Marlon Wayans is like, in it. They are painted know. with the broadest strokes possible. Like, this was yeah. meant to be a mainstream popular comedy, and it showed that the Coen brothers can't do that, and more importantly, they don't need to. And that's all. Like, that's what we got. We got that. We got, before this, we got um, uh, Intolerable Cruelty, which was very good uh, and kind of mainstreamy. Uh, it, like, it had a bigger budget and it made more money. I've actually not seen that one either. Um, it's better than you think. Like y- you forget that that one's a Coen Brothers movie because it's just kind of like a romantic comedy. Uh, but it's really good. Um, but yeah, and this so, was them. Yeah, throw, throw, throwing my 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 devil's hat into the ring. Um, I don't even say it would be my least favorite, but I am surprised at the reception this film has now, and I've only. Seen it twice and it's been a while. I definitely need to rewatch it. But I remember watching it and like, really, I don't know. It didn't feel right, and I knew it was Coen Brothers stuff. And that was and that was Burn After Reading. Um, oh, Burn After Reading is so good. Yeah, and I I really didn't realize it made that much money comparatively to. It was other the stuff only Coen Brothers movie that ever opened at number one. Which is mind-boggling that like true grit didn't that doesn't sound right but right I mean, like I true grit's you. the other kind of like mainstream true grit made more money oh, than true any grit other. was absolutely oh, their God. mainstream thing but it true was Grit's so good right yeah. it was so good though um yeah burnt and i think what bothered me with burn after reading the most but i'm sure this was like again the point every no matter what you complain about coen brothers i think it'll always be the point um in my in my opinion i just think that's how they operate um, no matter depends. what your issue is with whatever film they make. Um, but, like, George Clooney killing Brad Pitt is so, like, sudden and random. And, yep. like, I don't know. That always felt off to me. That always kind of kept me from enjoying the rest of the movie because I felt like they didn't... It just felt not, like a Coen Brothers thing to me. I guess. Like, nobody maybe would, was, that's a very Coen Brothers move. Yes, but maybe it's because how I considered those two actors at the time as well. Yeah, because I love the Oceans movies. I know the first. I know the first time I saw this movie, and from watching all the Oceans movies, and then fucking shoots Brad, George Clooney shooting Brad Pitt alone. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's just I thought maybe this was just like not for me. Um, but the second Boy, time I watched it, yeah, go back and watch for coming, after reading again. Is yeah. Um, and then even more recently with uh, Hail Caesar, I yeah. saw a lot of th- that same DNA in it because it deals with all espionage mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but in an even more nonsensical way. And psh, I say Hail Caesar is super underrated. I think it's um, underrated, definitely. But um, like my thing yeah. with uh, Burn After Reading, Burn After Reading could 
Burn After Reading is basically The Big Lebowski, where you have this weird plot with a bunch of characters, and all of the characters are fucking idiots. That's what the Coen brothers do super well. They did it in Raising Arizona. They did it in Fargo. They did it in The Big Lebowski. They didn't know Brother Arthel. It lacks the camaraderie. It's a bit nastier. It's a bit nastier, but it is. Like, I feel like that's, yeah, they wanted to take that formula and go a little bit different with it. And yeah, like, Burn After Reading is basically the Big Lebowski because everyone in that movie is a fucking idiot. No one knows what they're doing. And it ends, one of my favorite things is it's something that the Coen brothers do. They've done it in like four or five movies. They did it in No Country for Old Man. They did it in The Big Lebowski. It just ends. You don't see the resolution, but there is right. just like a character telling you what happened. Whether it be Tommy Lee Jones muttering to himself at the end of a No Country for Old Men or Sam Elliott in The Big Lebowski and like Burn After Reading at the end of it is J.K. Simmons on the phone like, okay, so we got it back and we paid the woman off. Like, just like, okay, yeah. so all the plot threads are tied up. Cool. And then credits. And that's, I love it. Caesar is basically like that as well. Yeah, it's um, so good. No, I enjoy that, but you know, everyone's an idiot in Lady Killers too. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, but like, they're not... Everyone's an idiot because they're, like... Everyone's an idiot because they're written to be, whereas in something like Burn After Reading, it actually feels like everyone's an idiot, if that makes any sense. Like, obviously mm. they're written to be in The Lady Killers, but like, it feels like they're stretching, like... I don't know. It, I'm still it gonna go feel... with my pathetic bad screenwriter defense because I, I, it's just how it Because you're a pathetic bad me. screenwriter. Oh, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry. I'm ending this call. I'm sorry. That was mean. I hope you have cramps at work. <laughs> I'm Ball sorry. Over. Can't get Keep up. Keep going. Keep going. I, that was <laughs> no. Mean. That that that's all I had. Oh. What's next, Dick? <laughs> uh... Next up is uh, James Cameron, which was hard mode. Couldn't pick Avatar. Uh, <laughs> and here's the thing i wouldn't have picked avatar you're you're gonna lose your mind at what i pick uh always, it was always gonna be this if avatar didn't exist it was always gonna be this is so. it titanic no well uh. you you get to go first oh no oh well yeah i guess so because we both did it it's the abyss like i've I, never seen it i do not like the abyss i think the like the the production of the abyss is hell like you can it's a very james cameron movie but like man i don't know like it's just kind of i don't know like, i don't you don't yeah. have much to, i don't have much to say about it because it's just not very good like it's yeah, all right. underwater and stuff and like they uh his favoritest thing right yeah what, what what's yours james cameron. what's yours okay I want to preface this first that I'm a very fun person to talk to and hang out with. I promise. Eh. I'm not an asshole. Eh. Completely. Eh. Stop. Stop doing that, asshole. Eh. <laughs> Sound like the most obnoxious squeak toy. Just slowly letting the air out of the balloon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never liked aliens. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. You know what? That doesn't shock me because you're probably really into the first one. I, I, I appreciate a lot of the first yeah, one. And I defend right. but I defend Aliens three. Alien three. You I, I would. think a lot of Alien Yeah, I know. It's only because it's Fincher. No, it's not, but it's not yeah. Fincher. Um I know. That 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 was my joke. I know. Um <laughs> No. So and this is a retro thing, and I know you preach to me all the time about don't let other people's like ideas and moods 
um, yeah. affect how you yeah, see films. That shit sucks. But because when you do that, don't you, let how I see film affect yours either. Oh, no, so let me not, finish. No, it's not <laughs> affecting. It's not. It, it's not affecting mine. I'm just saying when you do that, that means that they won. Well, no, I've never. But I've never liked Aliens. This was before I understood okay. what everyone yeah. else thought about it as well. That's fine. Yeah. But 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 the way. Everyone else thought about it kind of solidified mine. But to me, Aliens started, and this is something I feel like people don't think about. Aliens started the bigger is better sequel concept that we still use today, that people loathe, that people complain about that's why sequels suck. Um, none of the base marines are interesting or fun or likable, and I don't care when they die. None of them. Not a single one. Um, you you want to use the oh ensemble underdeveloped character defense? Well, you know, aliens kind of made that popular, so I don't understand why you like aliens. It's that kind of thing. Um, I like the end that like get away. Like I I will not take anything away from get away from her. You bitch. I get that. That's that that is a line. That is a perfect action. What you want kind of thing. And apparently, like Cameron James Cameron was inspired by Vietnam. Like just the concept of us I losing mean, in Vietnam to yeah, make I mean, aliens, that's, and that's aliens pretty is basically a war movie. Yeah, it's, like, it that's is pretty smart. Yeah, it but, is you know Saving Private Ryan. You know, it is a hardcore war movie. But but I'm not gonna say I don't like Aliens because I love the first one because the first one I I enjoy, but I would never, not never, but I I don't, but I don't even put the first one on a pedestal like most people. Um, I think it's really good, but it definitely has. Some spotty, you know, people making dumb decisions thing. Um, and and that always bothers me and gets to me in places. Um, like, I understand it's movies, but, you you know, you talk about characters being written like actual people. And, and I guess it's just me and whatever, but I don't I register say, like, that a lot of people can make that many dumb decisions in a row. I don't know, because, like, Paul Reiser, Lance Henderson, and Bill Paxton are incredible in that movie. Yeah, like I've... they are awesome. Like Paul Reiser is incredible as the fucking slimy underhand. Like that's the thing. It's not that there's stupid decisions being made. It's that like it is the awful techno corporate future. It's fucking listen. You replace Paul Reiser in this movie with Elon Musk, and it makes total sense because you could absolutely that's see that's how somebody can make that stupid decision. That's fine. Like it's um, the it's the techno future where everything is owned by three corporations and they don't care about the people and so they send their people out there to make stupid decisions to make sure that the company's bottom line is fine. That's why they made all the stupid decisions. No, there's that. Um, when I said the stupid decision, I was talking about the first movie. Oh, um, okay, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's just that's just it's the '70s and we have to make a horror movie. Right, right, right. But this one, it's way different. Oh no, I want it is very different. It is, um, and. I just, I, I never, I don't know, the bigger is better concept, even before I knew what that was, when I was a kid and I first saw Aliens, it just, I don't know, it didn't work for me, it was like, oh shit, there's more, now they're gonna die faster, okay, I get it. Um, also, I don't like children, I guess, I never really thought about it, but you know, yeah, Newt, you don't like Newt is super movies. inconsequential to me, like, her um, existence is, it's, is, it, is I, problematic. I don't know if I would say that, like, it's exactly bigger is better it's just like how it's always felt to me look at the alien queen that's oh yeah no bigger is better but it's just different like it's it's big it's different it's bigger because it's different but like 
I don't think James Cameron went into it saying, I want to make the biggest bombastic sequel ever. I think he went into it saying, I want to make, I want to turn this horror movie into this boss of the wall action movie, unlike anything anyone has ever seen, which he accomplished. Like, this was Fair. the action movie. It was. Uh, it until, was. Like, until Terminator 2 came out. Right. See, you, you say that, but he's known for big and bombastic. That's He thing. is, but like, um, again, like he is known for big and bombastic, but he did not come into this movie saying, I am going to make the blueprint with which all sequels will now be made. I, I just understand want, that. He just wanted to make a badass movie. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I totally understand why you feel, the way you feel. I get it. Um, but man, like... Also, I, and real, like... Last line, uh, more defense of Alien 3. Alien 3 is more psychological, in my opinion, and that's what I like from Alien. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, psychological your... intimacy and, like, nonsensical, like, oh, fuck, this is way too much. Like, I, I liked that more. Yeah. That's uh, that's just me. Did you ever hear the story about James Cameron pitching a sequel to Alien? No. Uh, he walked into a, a boardroom. There's a bunch of ex- film execs there. They had chalkboard. He walked to the chalkboard, and he wrote alien, and then oh. he wrote an S at the end of it, and then he turned the S into a dollar sign, and he walked out. That's right. I've... It's very good. But no, like, that's why people, like, to, to touch on Avatar, I think Avatar's fine. I think Avatar is totally entertaining for what it is, and, you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, I have no qualms with Avatar. I, I don't care. It, it's not worth me. It's not worth me fucking fighting over because it is what it is it's fine uh but i have too many qualms to list <laughs> I s- we can go no, okay no, here's the no, thing i would want to make i wouldn't i would want you to make that argument without using the word pocahontas and your fucking head would explode dances with smurfs because they again did it ex- yes <laughs> without using that's not pocahontas gully, though <laughs> fern gully dances with wolves or pocahontas white savior because but, but again <laughs> listen i'm not holding i'm not saying that that excuses it but you know you what are, people are not making that exact same argument against the movies that they're holding against it which are all guilty of the same thing i mean i don't i don't really like, like any you, of those like, either i know i'm not talking about you specifically but... i just mean in general like yeah. you cannot def- you cannot say avatar is terrible because the story of pocahontas and then talk about how good pocahontas is because that was a bad story as well oh yeah i don't i don't like the cartoon Pocahontas. but again I don't think it's a movie like I, film is a visual medium and each film brings different things to the table. And I don't think that like if you care that much about the plot of Avatar, you might need to go out a little bit more because like that's not I... a plot movie. Like it's a it's a spectacle. Yeah. Like so... it's meant to be a visual spectacle and it so I... succeeded. Right. It is. But I ha- I I have no defense for this. I've never. I was never, and you know, maybe because I didn't go see an IMAX, whatever. But I, I was never wooed by the the visuals either. Like I think that movie at the time looked incredible. Like in two thousand nine, in three D, like on the big screen, it yeah, was like the best, awesome. The bet, the closest experience I had to to that because I didn't see in theaters because I was not interested at all. It didn't look Which good to fine. me. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. But the closest experience to that I had was my uh, my uncle's entertainment theater. He had he had actual speakers all over the living room, and he had like an eighty hundred inch something TV, and we watched it there with the whole family one time when we were visiting. That's the closest I got. And it's just also oh. you are inherently a more 
plot person than a visuals person. And so I think your qualms could get summed up in it's not what you're looking for. It is. It absolutely Like I think that should be your qualms. Like it's not for you. It like I, I I always mean for everything that I don't like to be that it's not for me. Yeah. But it'd probably get lost in Yeah. The other stuff. Yeah, as you're nitpicking it. Like it's like, okay, there's this, but also it's it's just not for me. And then there's this, like, but also, you know, it's just not for me. And then there's this. Right, but and it, but it's not for me because I think so much differently than other people to the point where most people think that I'm just like a complete idiot. Like I've not had many things where I've defend the way I think about stuff where the bottom line is people just flat out telling me that I'm stupid. Well, those people so, suck. Like yeah, I, I know. Well, fuck but, those people. But but that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm because I I didn't want that to end where you think I was being pretentious. Like I think differently. Oh, no. My brain is good. No 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 not at <laughs> I all, think not at all. better than others. Yeah. It's I think so differently. People think I'm psychotically. Yeah, like, those people are fucking point. dumb. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I think Avatar like boils down to what. And, and here's the thing. I really like James Cameron as a director because he is great at that spectacle. I know what I'm getting into when I go to a James Cameron film. Like, fucking True Lies is awesome. <laughs> and that's a spect. It's just a huge. At the time, it was the most expensive movie I ever made. It was a spectacle. Like, I really no like Titanic def- still. Oh, no. Titanic is incredible. Like, Titanic, anybody who criticizes titanic hasn't seen titanic in a long time titanic is the one time where james cameron told an incredible story because the plot of that movie is great like the story of that movie is great and then halfway through you get after you're invested in the plot comes the spectacle like that movie is incredible i rewatched it about a year and a half ago and it blew me away because i was one of those people i was like "Ah, is titanic i don't know like is it really and then i watched it again i was like oh no this is better than i thought it was oh titanic is so good Next yeah, up. I think you register very differently watching Titanic as an adult. Oh, 100%. Because when you're a kid, it's just really long and boring and a chore, and you have to cover your eyes sexy during the parts. booby so scenes. So many sexy parts. Yeah, yeah, but you have to cover your eyes during the booby scenes because you're watching it with your parents. At least I was. Or you or you snuck it away and you watched <laughs> it by yourself and you saw the boobies. God. Um, next. Also, <laughs> one of my favorite things in the world is going to Goodwill. And just seeing shelves filled with the double VHS Titanic because that movie sold double a billion VHS. copies on VHS. It was yeah. two VHSs. You couldn't fit in on one. That's uh, right. all right. Next up, Jesse. Right, Jesse. Yes, yes. Okay, this is the one time. I'm gonna let you go first, but this is the one time where I'm going to argue that there is a correct answer, a a hard correct answer. Okay. What is Steven Spielberg's worst movie? Oh, you shouldn't let me go first. Uh, so this is, again, 1,000% because my brain is brain. I've never, and I've, as when, probably two years ago, so it's still been a while, I've never, ever enjoyed or found the majesty or majesticness of anything. I oh, don't God. like E.T. I don't oh. like E.T. Oh, yeah, because you don't like kids. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't yeah. like the alien um, I don't like the, but you know what? I had an amazing epiphany one time because there was an argument about, you know, people who didn't like E.T. or whatever. And someone brought up the music. And this was right, this was about five years ago, right when I started realizing how much music matters in a film. And someone's like, the John Williams score makes the movie, blah, 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 blah. And someone played the end clip without music of yeah. him saying goodbye that whole scene yeah of i'll be right here without music and i liked it way more 
Really? Yes. That's weird. I don't think I want that sweeping superhero style John Williams score with this movie about, you know, well, not judging or or hating someone completely yeah. different than you that you have to leave and abandon that has to go away. I don't think I want that that uppy feel good kids adventure tone with this. And that's why I like Stranger Things cuz they don't well, do that either. Also you just don't like Spielberg that much, and that is Spielberg. <laughs> that is also like, true. To its DNA, that is Spielberg. I get, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, there I is like no more movie. a Spielberg movie than E.T. Uh, yeah. Because that's that's Spielberg. Like, and and listen, if that's not your thing, I I understand. But yeah. like yeah. that, like but no, sweeping. I, I, I just could never do E.T. Yeah. as kid. Like, I, I love can... the Goonies and I love Breakfast Club, and E.T. is just like. I can I, I go back or f- back and forth on E.T. Like I I appreciate E.T. But E.T. ain't a movie I'm gonna sit down and turn on. You know. Right. Um. I liked it when I was a kid a little bit, and yeah. that's about it. But yeah, I, I I to me I'm way more interested in the things that in the past seven or so years that E.T. has spawned and inspired like. Super Eight and Stranger Thing stuff like that. I think that's like that interests me more than ET itself. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I see where you're coming from. You don't like kids. You don't like Spielberg that much. And this is the 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 Spielberg kid yeah. film. But um, I, I really think super like subconsciously the John Williams score did not help me. So, hmm. so I made an argument. This is a little bit uh, off topic. I made an argument that we were talking about artists who have touched the most lives, who have like. What artist out there has influence like is is recognizable to the most people? Their work is recognizable to the most people. Like definitely what, probably Spielberg. No, no, John Williams. Oh, I think you're saying like, okay. Like John Williams is probably the artist whose work has touched the most people and resonates with the most people because you can look at his work from Star Wars to Jurassic Park, to Superman, to Harry Potter, to E.T., to yes. all the stuff that he's done, he has touched the lives of more people than probably anyone in the entire world, which I think is awesome. And he's also won the most Oscars, which is, you know, he's really good. Uh, yeah, but like, no. he's undeniable. Like, like I'm yes. not saying oh, no, yeah, I, that yeah, it was I, bad because it was John absolutely. Williams. I think that no, 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 specific... No. Mix yeah. just never worked for me. Yeah, but again, never made that's, sense in my brain. That's the most Spielberg scene, and you just don't like Spielberg that much. Uh but I do love uh, Raiders, though. I here's the thing: Spielberg's worst movie like is probably Jaws. one of one of his that you haven't seen. Okay, uh, and this isn't like a a small movie. This was like a wide release, popularish movie, and it's the second time Tom Hanks will have shown up on this list. Steven Spielberg's worst movie is The Terminal. The terminal yeah, is I... awful. Oh <laughs> my god! It's been want... way too long since I've seen it. I saw it once, I think, when it came out, which would yep. make me nine or ten. Yeah, so, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, when did the terminal come out? Two thousand four. Yeah. So yeah, I watched it shortly after it came out. So I was about fourteen. So I was stupid. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I thought it was fine, but like, it is the most. Just, like, everything you don't like about Spielberg, I feel, is emphasized in this movie. It is just treacly <laughs> and dumb and just, ugh. Oh, my, Tom Hanks is bad in it. Stanley Tucci's bad in it, which seems like that should be impossible. Because yeah. Stanley Tucci's incredible. It, and, seriously. God, it's just so 
it's so 2004 Spielberg. Like, <laughs> oh my god. You know, in this in this whole thing, you know, because I I just have hangups on ET. I do completely forget that he did War of the Worlds and Indiana Jones Crystal Skull. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, but at the same time, I don't hate Crystal Skull except yeah, for, like, like, the end. And here's the thing. Like, he was kind of making some bangers here. He did AI, which is controversial, but I think a very good movie. He did Minority Report, which I think is awesome. Minority Report yes. holds up really well. Yes, he did he Catch Me If You Can, which is great. And then he did The Terminal, which is just a big old wet fart. Um, and then he did War so, of the Worlds. So you told us. And then he did War of the Worlds, which is like, I think there's, I think War of the Worlds is a very interesting movie. Um, and then he did Munich, which is incredible. And like, just, there's just this big fucking, ugh, just right in the middle of it, it's just the terminal. Ugh, it was his first movie in two years, too, because he did Minority Report, Catch Me and You Can in 2002, and went away for two years, and then came back with the terminal. <laughs> but I mean, in the past seven years, Spielberg just kind of become a parody of himself. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, he, he did like, so. War he did Horse. Crystal Skull three years after Munich, and then he did Ten um, Ten, which was good. I like Ten Ten. War, War Horse, Lincoln. They did of Lincoln, Spies. which everyone was like Spielberg's back because he did Lincoln. No, yeah. Lincoln was yeah. fine. But like, I I watched. Okay, I saw Lincoln and Django Unchained on the same day. Like, I went oh, and saw Lincoln then. And then bought a ticket for Django Unchained and saw Django Unchained. And let me tell you, that's a hell of a double feature. You you made a horrific mistake. No, Your emotions I, I, were probably no, in the it's worse. Not really, because I didn't see Django first. Uh, oh. But, no, I saw Lincoln, then I saw Django. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Which, again, very, very similar movies in a lot of ways. It, but very my, different. I could be wrong uh, saying this for him, but I think my dad said... Lincoln was like the best movie he'd seen in like ten years because well, well yeah because Lincoln, Lincoln because Spielberg <laughs> now like Lincoln is a dad movie. Me and Josh were talking about <laughs> right? that uh, a, a couple weeks ago about we were talking about the rewatchables and how the rewatchables is a podcast on the ringer. It's a very entertaining podcast, but up until recently the rewatchables was just kind of dad movie the podcast where you have yeah. middle aged Bill Simmons and a bunch of other white dudes around him talking about dad movies. Um, they did do Mad Max movie. Fury Road though, which I'm still. I said until recently. I know I'm saying uh, like I'm adding to you. Yes, help, but yeah, no. Helping. Recently, they've done really well in their most recent season. They did stuff like The Devil Wears Prada, Mad Max Fury Road. They're branching up. Yeah. Uh, but originally it was just like a lot of dad movies, a lot um, of Spielberg movies. Specifically yeah, a lot sure. of Spielberg. Um, and like t like War Horse, that's a dad movie. Lincoln, that's a dad movie. Bridge of Spies, that's a dad movie. That's a brutal dad movie, though. But, and, and here's the thing. All of these movies are good. Like, they're yeah. all very watchable. But they're just, like, you, they, you forget about them the moment they're over. Uh, and I'm I still really mad like that post. Mark Rylance won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar over Stallone for yeah. Bridge of Spies. Uh, and then the BFG is fine. And I, I, I still haven't seen The Post, but I've heard really it's like very... It, but I like... I like all those movies. But, I mean, you know, if you've seen all the President's Men, you've seen yeah, them all. You've seen the, yeah, that's the thing. But, but, yeah, that's but the thing. I, I, I can, that is something for whatever reason. I, I like those types of movies as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Um, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I like Captain America Winter Soldier so much, because it's basically just a political espionage movie wrapped around a superhero and, movie. And it's and got it's, Robert Redford. And it got Robert Redford. Um, and, then he did, and then he did Ready Player One. The least said about that, the better. 
Uh, next. I, this is not the time for the Ready Player One. Look, for the Ready Player it's, One it's conversation. Actually, it shouldn't be as good as it is, is what I want to say. I, I'm not saying it's great. I'm but... gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to step out on a limb and say I have not seen Ready Player One because I have no interest in it. Negative interest. I'm a black hole of interest for Ready Player One. Like, totally fine. But and, it's because you really don't like the book. Yeah, well, because it's because I don't like because I think a lot of issues with like our culture, especially online culture, is fucking spoon fed nostalgia. I think Stranger Things is the perfect example of that because it is inspired by that stuff. But not just exactly like, no, here's a coloring, here's a picture book of all the things you like. It's, right. It's taking, some, it's taking that nostalgia and making something new out of it, and there's nothing new in Ready Player One. Yeah, this is very true, because it's all the same. Because it's, it's the thing that I never could get in, which is uh, massive multiplayer online stuff, um, and specifically everyone's avatar gets to just be these things that they like. Yeah, I get that. It but yeah, but again, we'll, we'll it's move like on. Fucking, it's like at best, it's like destructive because nostalgia has become this like super reductive, destructive thing that like in like you know fucking inspires shitbirds on the internet and actually like actively hurts people. Like remember uh, Leslie Jones? People to think they know what they're talking about simply like, because they remember something a certain way. Yeah. Also, it makes it gives people like a quote unquote ownership over something. Like remember when Leslie Jones got harassed off the internet because she had the gall of being in Ghostbusters because of nostalgia, and also because she's a woman. Um, Ghostbusters thing is stupid. And like so, like at, like in the best even if case, that movie was not great or whatever, I, I still really enjoyed it. But regardless, in the fine. best case, that type of nostalgia is like just reductive and stops us from moving on. And in the worst case, it is destructive and hurts people. And Ready Player One just reinforces that stuff. It's I'm not gonna say sit here and say it shouldn't exist because like listen, that's fine. I know a lot of I have a lot of friends that really enjoy it, and that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that makes them happy because they're my friends, and I'm happy when they're happy. But man, I. I can't, like, it's just, I think it's so much of what is wrong with, like, internet culture and stuff like that. Let's move on, Teletubby. All right, so, Christopher Nolan. I, I mean, it's The Dark Knight Rises, right? <laughs> yes, okay. Okay, yeah, all right, Damn just make it. it sure, just make it sure. Damn, yeah. Like, it is. Uh, <laughs> That was great. <laughs> like, it's, I feel like, th- like, there could have been a hard mode on this, but... No, because all the other ones are bangers, and this one yeah. is not. Like, I th- there. Here's the thing: if you say we can't pick Dark Knight Rises, like, all right, we have to pick somebody other than Nolan, because <laughs> all of his other movies are awesome and yeah. just ridiculous. But yeah, like Dark Knight Rises just it doesn't end well for me. It just oh doesn't. my god! I saw on Twitter yesterday, well. uh, somebody posted a video of Talia Al Ghul's death at the end of that movie. It might be the worst death scene in movie history. Doesn't she do? Doesn't she do the one thing you're not supposed to? Do? Her eyes are open. She goes, oh. "Yeah, like she yeah. goes, like my father's work is done," and then just Ugh. and like closes <laughs> her eyes and like tilts her head over, and it's like, <laughs> really, you couldn't do another take? See, I haven't <laughs> seen that movie in a while. And I still, <laughs> God, you couldn't do Damn. one more take. Mm. It's. I think there's a lot of things that have there made the Dark Knight Rises. Darkness. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot of things that make it not hold up. I think coming out the same year as Avengers didn't help. Uh, which kind of like set the new paradigm for comic book movies. And I still will defend Bane to my death. I think Bane was the best part of that movie. However, um, yeah, you know, for me, what has made it infinitely better and almost the only way I will probably ever rewatch Dark Knight Rises with friends. Yeah. 
it being in Spanish. Because <laughs> it was on HBO Latino, and I was like, why not? And I watched the whole thing, and it was, this is the best fucking thing I have ever seen. Good it was God. so great. It was because I didn't know what was happening, but it was a hard, hard telenovela bullshit, and it was great. Especially Bane. They didn't have the voice thing. It was just, it was just, I guess you know, the closest thing to Ricardo Montalban they could find. That's what he sounded like. It was great. It was, yeah. oh, it was so fun to watch like that. <laughs> and then, you know, it really is just a Zorro movie when you watch it in Spanish too. I assume. Which I mean makes sense because Batman is just Zorro. Right, um, exactly. That's what I mean. But, but yeah, yeah, so it's. Just, I remember not really liking it. Period. Yeah, like, I, like I, whatever. I can do without it. And then when I watched it in Spanish, like this is awful. Yeah, because yeah, like I saw it at midnight, and you know, watching a movie, there, nobody walks out of a midnight movie disliking it because it's like three in the morning and you're delirious. Um, but yeah, like it was fine. I I liked a lot about it. I like a lot of the individual pieces. I yeah. like Tom Hardy. I like. Uh, uh, I like Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I really like Catwoman. I I like um, I like Joe Gordon Levitt. I don't like the the wink and the nod at the end where like, oh, your name's Robin. That was completely unnecessary. Oh, that we that. didn't need that. I mean, sure, we didn't need I, that. I thought you meant it was at the very end. It was the like... least Nolan thing ever because Chris. It felt like a. It felt like the studio told him he had to put that in. Because he walked out with a two by four with Robin written on it and cracked it over my fucking skull. Like, no, I get it. I get it. Also, Robin. Also, they were like, "Oh, your name's Robin." Like, who? No, no, it's not. No one's named Robin. No, no. His. It's just like, like, oh, you know, here, here's your thing. Oh, your real name is like your real name is Tim. Like, oh shit, it's Tim Drake. Okay, that's fine. That would have worked. Like, or they like, oh. Done that. Or they like, like that, that would have been awesome. Or like he gets called Rick in the whole movie, but he's just like, oh yeah, Richard, you can call me Dick, and like, oh, it's Dick Grayson. Oh my god, Something but no, better than but, Robin, yeah. But no, yeah, his yeah. name is Ro- Come on, like that just like because when that happened, I was in the theater and a bunch of people were like, <laughs> ah, and I was sitting in my chair, just like, are we watching the same thing? <laughs> this is dumb. What just happened, and that's the thing. That's it, that's what makes the it, that's the cardinal sin. There are moments in this movie that you can look at it and say, that's just kind of dumb, which is what you never want to say in a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, I... <laughs> Christopher Nolan doesn't do that. He doesn't do dumb things. He does outlandish things. He does things that don't always make sense, but yeah, they always feel right. complex things. They're not yeah. stupid. They're not dumb. But yeah, so, the, and then the very end where you find out that somehow Batman faked his death and he's in And in like France. Michael Caine acts like he was in on it. I'm more I'm more upset that 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 um, Alfred acted like he was in on it instead of being shocked or surprised or like or broke like, down in tears because it was true. Right, he like was okay. he shouldn't have that would have made more that sense that way. He shouldn't have reacted yeah. that way because like it should because like you saw his reaction when he like thought he was actually dead standing in front of the gravestone and yeah. like when you see him and you find out he's alive, you don't react with like, Oh, cheers. You break down. Like that's, yeah. It's like, Holy shit. You're alive. Like, why did, he, why did they act like he was in on it? That made no fucking sense. He went me. from acting like a very realistic portrayal of like grief and sadness yeah. to you're not a real person anymore. It was you're, a ruse. A, you're a character written for a movie. Yeah. Um, also, and I know this can be nitpicked, everywhere for a lot of things but i think it was very crucial here and that was the 
not really understanding the passage of time. Um, because apparently it's like two months from where. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading somewhere. It's like it's like two. It's several months <laughs> after um, the stadium blows up to when Batman actually gets back to Gotham. I mean, because it makes his sense. back has to heal. Yeah. So so, and that's fine. But also, the cops were down underground for two months. Yeah, there? they would be eating each other at this point. Yeah. So so yeah, and, and they never brought up the passage of time. It's just something you had to find out later. But then when you find out how long it's been, it seems maybe, really weird. Maybe the and, worst thing in that movie is when Batman comes back and like takes what had to have been about ten hours to paint his logo in gasoline <laughs> on the bridge. And so it's just like, hey, there's the people are dying. Do you want to go you want to go oh no, you have to make your symbol. Oh I assume I assume for that ten hours he had on his bat iPod a playlist of like Seether and Green Day. No and it was no all, <laughs> no he was just listening to da -na 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 <laughs> For ten hours he yep. I don't trust him anymore. He's insane. Well, yeah, because that, well, that's part of the point is that Batman is a crazy person, not an actual hero. Like, that's the thing that I think Nolan gets across a little well that, like, oh no, Batman's not a good guy. Batman Where isn't me? a real hero. He's a crazy person <laughs> who spends his billions on ways to more Beating effectively crazy to more effectively punch poor people instead of I don't know. Instead of, I don't <laughs> know, spending so that money on helping people? Because, like, All that's right, the let's... thing. And that's uh, actually uh, Batman, the Mask of Phantasm, the animated movie, gets across yes. really well that he's fucking crazy. Like, there's yeah, yeah, one yeah. scene in that where he's, like, at his parents' gravestone, and he's just, like, talking to no one. Like, they're there. And he's just like, I can't do it. I'm trying my best. And it's just like, oh, no, this motherfucker's out of his mind. Because that's Batman. That. They show that a lot, though, in a Cause, lot like, of movies. Because, like, Batman is bad. Like, Batman's not a good person. Batman, like, Batman's Elon Musk. Oh, God. Let's, let's get am, away am, from that. Am Next. I wrong? You telling me I Elon Musk wouldn't say, put on yeah, a mask and punch poor people? He wouldn't do it as well. No. Well, actually, no. Elon <laughs> Musk would go to an island and hunt poor people. But still. Yeah, exactly. Okay? There's, I'm sorry, but there There's is going to be, I'm drawing a line here. There's a yes, slight he's difference. I will say he's crazy, but he, he's crazy and he at least thinks he's doing the right thing. Elon well, I mean, Musk so would does, not be doing so the do right Elon thing. So do Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. They both think they're doing not, the right thing while, you I, know, hoarding yeah, the money start, and making people start die. hunting people. I don't know. No, 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 no. They tell you. They're, no, 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 no. I'm an, Okay, yeah. say, they, they tell, they you, tell you they're doing you, the right thing, and but while I think Batman behind truly, the scenes. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Wayne yeah. would truly believe he, what he, he does. Did. But yeah. also, maybe he should surround himself with better people that could be like, you tell me Lucius Fox wouldn't be like, Mr. Wayne, you could just build <laughs> affordable housing and fix a lot of these issues. Like, <laughs> I'm you a have man, money. you listen to me? <laughs> like, you have the money, we can do a basic universal income, and everyone will be so much better. You, you wouldn't run out of money for years. But no, we'll see, I, I got a bunch you know, more people. Well, in the Bruce, you know, in the Bruce Tim uh, cartoon Batman, which will always be the best. That's kind of what he does. He's a he's a charitable entrepreneur. He and is. He fights just but like, just criminals, but he he does have the mind break still. But yeah, but like that's the thing. Like he is a he is a like a philanthropist. But like, but, well, dude, we you're not talk doing more about Batman. You're, yeah, you're not doing good later. enough because like with the money you have, you can actually eliminate all these problems, but you just aren't interested in it. Jesse. You're such a hipster right now. Anyways. Jesse. Yes. What's the worst Edgar Wright movie? 
Okay, so I threw this up and down, and I wasn't quite sure. Yes, I'm gonna have to say, oh, World's End, and that's only because that's probably the answer most people would go with. Like, I would juggle that. I would literally juggle that between that and Shaun of the Dead, and only Shaun of the Dead because it's his first movie. I pick Shaun of the Dead. Better and better. I pick Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I think. That's I think, only because it's his first movie, in my opinion. I think Shaun of the Dead and World's End are right there. They're both incredible. This was the really hard one. Because, like, he right. hasn't made a bad movie. Like, they're no, both has not. incredible movies. I like what he did with the World's End a little bit better. But, God, Shaun of the Dead's so good. Like, it's this... Like, it's a fucking... He made a romantic comedy <laughs> with just zombies, zombies. around. Yeah. But, yeah, like... That's the thing. You could you could just see him getting better and better. Uh, I think the world's end comes down to do I feel like the sudden go us going suddenly from this is an Edgar Wright movie and this is good and this I enjoy everything about this to the end still being fine but suddenly turning into a um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy ending. See, I was into um, that because like the world's end felt like him taking risks he hadn't taken before, and that's uh, I think that's kind of. I think that's kind of why I am a bit more into it, because he did take some like heavy, like hard right turns, which uh, which I was into. But like characterizations of people, cause... like characterization and just plot wise, like there's no way you can tell where that movie's going. That's uh, true. You know, alien invasion which, at the end, but you don't get there for a yeah, while. Yeah, which like, doesn't make it a better thing. And also, like the like you know, Shaun of the Dead is a movie is a romantic comedy wrapped in a a zombie movie and and the world's end is like a movie about like addiction and being self-destructive and all that wrapped around like an alien movie and i i, I like the i like the human core of the world's end a little bit better I than i say, like the human what? core i think i like the characters a lot more in world's end like i like the human core of the world's end more than i like the human core of Shaun of the dead partly because yeah. the human core of Shaun of the dead is just like and again it's probably because it's his first film it's just kind of standard, like it's 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 fairly yes. standard fare. And then the world's I think you're end, me they over get. I might switch my <laughs> the dead. And then the world's end, they get into some of that. Like when he wrote that, like when he and Simon Pig wrote that, it's I I felt like they have some friend who's an alcoholic, and this is their like a hardcore like self destructive alcoholic. You know what? And this, this is, is their probably Simon. This is probably Simon Pegg's best character. Oh I yeah, it's his best performance by a mile. It's so it's good, so but yeah, yeah. It, so it feels like I'm gonna go with Shaun of the Dead. It feels like the them, has, sorry. It feels like a therapy for them of like yeah. get like working out these issues they have with somebody in their life. Shaun of the Dead has a better like overall flow and plot, I think. But World's End has really good characters, and it's and it's taking what we've seen. You know, imagine if um, Beer Fest made you cry. God, I, I forgot about what Beer Fest. Is. I think, I think, I think that's ultimately what this is. If Beer Fest made you cry and was a little less, you know, white American and a little more British American or white British, whatever. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna change to Shaun of the Dead because I think I can watch World's End's characters uh, more. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Yes. What's his best movie? Hot Fuzz. Period. Thank you. Yes, that is always the... has been. It's so good, and we will we will fucking so 
So do I love you want hot to fuss now? So do you want to agree like all these directors we're doing now about their worst? Do you want just next week to do their best? Because that's can. not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. we'll promote uh, that then. God, hot fuss is so good. Like Baby Driver is great. great. Yes, but Baby Driver isn't as easy to watch as it was a year ago. Yeah, it. Well, I will say Baby Driver is the most Edgar Wright. It's as the far most as Edgar Wright filmmaking. Wright. Yes. Yeah. But beyond that, like the best story characters, so good progression, also twist, all that is just hot fuzz. But also, we'll, let's save that to bring it around. To bring it back around, hot fuzz is also an incredibly nostalgic movie filled with uh, nostalgic action movie stuff. references. But all of the references are very subtle, and you wouldn't catch them. So, like, I, I do you have do you have do you have Hot Fuzz on like DVD or anything like that? Absolutely, I have it on ha- Blu-ray. Have you ever watched it with the like trivia track on it? No, I should. So they have like like it was a thing that they did in like the mid late two thousands. Of a lot of movies would come with like alternate subtitle tracks that would just like have like trivia and stuff like that, kind of like a commentary without a commentary. And I watched Hot Fuzz with that trivia track on a billion times when I was in high school because and it points out every reference. Like literally, this That's character amazing. is named it, this character is named this because it is named after the person that like co-wrote Lethal Weapon and stuff like that. Like it is. <laughs> but again, it's it's good types like of nostalgia because it's interesting and integral to the film. Edgar Wright's great. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive more into that next week. So, like, we picked we picked Guy Ritchie, um, <laughs> and you have an embarrassment of riches if you're picking the worst Guy Ritchie movie. Not even counting Swept Away, because you got yeah, two fairly mediocre Sherlock Holmes movies to pick from. But you've also got King Arthur. Yeah, I thought about it. Yes, it would be King Arthur. I watched it though. And I was like, man, you know what? This would be really good if it wasn't a King Arthur movie because I feel like that actually is what held it back. It just, to me, it it went in one ear and out the other. Like, the moment that movie was over, I forgot everything about it. And I, I, I honestly believe it's more because this is like the 20th King Arthur movie. Um, so when I was watching the Lady Killers DVD, which um, I meant to say this as an ando way back there, you want to know how much people you know give a fuck about lady killers the dvd box that i bought um i got from like a half price store um so it's probably been there forever but it was unopened <laughs> i had to open it um and one of the commercials for it um was for a king arthur movie starring clive owen oh i remember that one yeah i totally um, forgot about that yeah, exactly. Like it's just another two thousand four film. Yeah, that's the one with uh, Clive Owen and got... Kieran Knightley. That was yeah, the like the super actiony one. Yeah, yeah. And it's got um. I was yeah, Antoine it's got, Fuqua. Uh, it Eon, the... It's got Young Grufford in it. The guy yeah. who's Mister Fantastic. Um, yeah. Everyone hate. Uh, no one talks about that one because it's. But that's yeah. most King Arthur movies. I th- I really think if this was something else besides King Arthur, because it's a very Guy Ritchie film. It's just about King Arthur, and it just... Yeah, um, like, I just, I want Guy Ritchie to make another Guy Ritchie movie. Because yeah. it's been ten years since the last one. Now he's making Aladdin. Yeah, it's been ten years since the last one, since Rock and Roll. Now, yeah. I will defend, to my death, the man from Uncle. <laughs> that can... is a really entertaining movie. It's fun. And Henry um, Cavill is great. Army Hammer great yeah and they're kind of making fun of themselves too which is absolutely absolutely 
I think Man from Uncle suffered for coming out after Kingsman. I don't think they're like like you mean box office wise because those movies yeah. could not be more different. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, like, I was about to say well, those are well, yeah, but super you know different movies. How, but we've talked about this multiple times where people will just look at glance at trailers and be like, oh, that's just the same thing. Why would I go see it again? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people didn't even give Man from Uncle a passing thought also, just because. Also. Because nobody knows what the fuck the man from Uncle is. That too. Like it's a it's a old it's, TV. It's show. an old TV show with that starred the guy who's like the the morgue doctor on NCIS. Mm. Uh, and but yeah, like it's it's a because I remember back in the day, like years ago, when I would still go on Ain't It Cool News, it felt like every two months there was a story about the Man from Uncle movie and about how it's going forward. And this was in, like, 2007, 2008. Like, this movie was in development hell for years. But I still, I think they nailed it. I think it is so much fun. Like, listen, I would love to see another one. Because, like, these dudes are just fun together. Like, these dudes, you can tell every person in that movie enjoyed themselves. And, like, that's a hard thing to quantify. But you know it when you see it, and it always makes a movie better. Like, that's Uh, one of the reasons why I really like the first. You're good? No, you're good. Um, I really like the first Sherlock Holmes movie. Um, I think they're yeah. I think the first one's more entertaining than the second ones. I honestly, the, the second one makes some difficult choices. I can go that either I don't way. Think help push anything along. Like, like kill, like killing Adler first off. I thought was kind of nonsensical. Listen, you got a fridge. You got a fridge. You got a fridge. The love interest. So you uh, had something for the man I, to do. Like here's the women thing. in refrigerators. It's really what it felt like. I think I think I could choose. I could flip a coin for Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, and King Arthur. Like I <laughs> probably pick King Arthur because it's more fresh in my mind. But I think they're they're both a similar level of shit ass. I I also have a a really really sad you poor puppy soft spot for Charlie Hunnam because he can't catch a break. Here's the thing, I just I don't know if Charlie Hunnam's that great an actor. No, he's probably not, but I still can't help but feel this way. Because right. I'll even say, like, if you want to tear apart um, Sons of Anarchy, you can, because it's, it's a weird... Oh, yeah, no. It's a I, weird series. Like, I, I saw that thing, the whole series, but I understand if you think it's, like, one of the worst, whatever. Like, Sons but, of Anarchy, I, I, understandably, has a lot of fans, and I would not take that away from them, but Sons of Anarchy is a very self-indulgent show that thinks it's way deeper than it is. It, yeah. Like, oh, Sons of Anarchy quick, um, thinks it's the most important shit in the world. Uh, the guy who plays Opie, which is Charlie Hunnam's character's best friend from yeah. the first, like, six seasons, he played Lump in Lady Killers. Really? Yeah, that's who that guy is. It's weird. What's his name? Opie Ryan Hurst. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. the guy from uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he just got cast in something else. He's on, he's, he's joining The Walking Dead, apparently. Oh, boy. Um... That, but yeah, that's something like, else too. I, that's I, a that's a series that's totally become deeper than it think than dude, it really that is. Dude, that series hit that point in the second season. <laughs> uh, Probably, but I definitely fell off after season six. I was like, I fell off after season one. Like the second season, when it was when we were spinning our wheels for eight episodes on the farm, I was like, I think I'm done with this. This is yeah. boy. Uh, I was I was hoping. I don't know. I just kept thinking it was going to get better, and it didn't. <laughs> the Walking Dead fascinates me because there's no reason why it should be like the most popular show in the country, and it is, and I don't get it. Like every other show that's super popular, I can tell you why. Like I, it makes sense. I cannot tell you why The Walking Dead is as popular as it is because nothing Cause we are like a masochistic that. country. I guess I don't know. Because uh, because um, and this is. 
this is gonna sound like cynical like i don't believe in you oh, know God. sunshines and rainbows but it's not it's okay. just how i've how i've personally analyzed how people react um to things we we are a culture that really believes in our feelings and how we feel about stuff and how we want certain things to go and yet at the same time we want whatever reason crave for that conflict and to be destroyed to have this emotional trauma in order to get to the point of where we can say that um oh you just don't understand and it's a lot more like genuine for certain people that has had that happen to them and they don't deserve it and they don't want for it and they're not asking for it but there's still because this is you know a country of what i'm, I'm probably wrong 400 million people yeah, about 320 so, 330 yeah so there's like so you know the depth is all over the place you can't really say that our country is one thing of one but then there's just the 10 or I guess now 6 million people that watch Walking Dead who believe that that emotional trauma getting from that show is makes them justifiable for something. It's it's a different kind of crowd that, you know, ultimately you immediately don't want. And I just, you know, it takes me a minute to really understand, like, no, this isn't it. Yeah, I can but see that. The two sides. And it, and it also, you know, it also rears its head when a rape scene in um, yep. Game of Thrones happens. Yep. It's the same, it's the same divide. It's, it always it's the is. idea. It's the people who don't want this shit to happen and the people who think when this shit happens, they can be justified. And it's a blurred line that people can't even understand and register that there's a difference and we should not attack everybody who responds certain ways, but, you know. Also, I think it's a lot of people who think that in order for something to be deep, it has to include, it has to be suffering. Like yeah, I was going to say, it has to hurt you. Like, su like, oh no, like, these people that think that they are, like, these fucking connoisseurs because they watch shit that's, like, just miserable, because that makes it better. And uh, people but, who've experienced real misery can't help but be angry at those people. Yeah, but no, like, and I, I, get I think Walking Dead's got one more season in it. Uh, I think I think season nine is the last season because their ratings are not going to recover, and that show is just going to get more expensive. Yeah. Like it's it's like season five, season six, long time ago. Those seventeen million, fourteen million people watching, it's yeah, a long time it's ago. Gone. Yeah, it's like I think its average is like seven or eight. It's it's about yeah, like the the season eight finale was the lowest uh, for like a finale or a premiere since the first season. Uh, and they're not going right. to bounce back. Like they might get, they might get ten for the premiere next month, and then they're going to go right back down. And they're looking down the barrel of new contracts for everybody. And so, like, if they're going to keep going, they're going to have to pay, especially fucking what's his face, Daryl, a whole lot of money, probably more than they want to pay. All right, uh, what's next? Uh, say it's my turn. <laughs> so it's David Fincher. All right, and. Okay, his worst movie, not counting Alien 3, I think is The Game, but, but... I still haven't seen it. But, Fight Club. Ugh, ugh. Now, I'm going to make a similar argument that you made huh. with 2001. Fight uh, Club is a great movie, but here's the thing. You don't like the pretentiousness of people who like 2001 a lot... I don't like the like actual real world destructiveness of people who like Fight Club a lot. That's that's fair because like people who know, like I'll say this and you can are... condemn me for it. The wrong people like Fight Club. Oh no, like that's the thing. Like people who are super into 2001, just like the smell of their own farts. People who are super into Fight Club are gonna beat their girlfriend up. 
Like, this is a quote from David Fincher. His 16-year-old daughter went over to her friend's house. Uh, and they, they had a Fight Club poster on their wall. And she came home. She said, hey, Dad, I went over to so-and-so's house. And they had a poster for your movie on the wall, Fight Club. And he looked at her and said, never go back to that kid's house. Like, Fight Club was telling a very specific story that has gotten just chewed up. Mutilated. And spit out. And it's, I think, I think it was Fincher that said this. I could be wrong, but he said like the legacy of Fight Club is what happens when frat boys read Nietzsche. That is a hundred percent Fincher. Like it's, 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 he he is aware of what he's done and he, it's a good, it's a great movie. Yep. But like, man, the legacy of that movie is just, and again, it's not like, oh, it's not Rick and Morty. It's not people being annoying. It's like fucking people like grabbing tiki torches and going to alt alt right rallies are sitting there asking themselves what would Tyler Durden do and that's the thing like it's not like because I don't I don't want I don't like to be the person that like allows other people's reactions to something to affect my enjoyment but when it hits a point of being that one back yeah like when it hits the point of being real world destructive that's that's the problem like that's when I'm like oh no this is this is a bridge too far What's your choice? It's the same way. Well, it's real quick. It's the same way I feel about how people took what people took away from the V for Vendetta comic. Oh, absolutely. Not the movie, because the movie is really hopeful and smart and understands what it had to change. Yeah. Something Alan Moore couldn't, because when well, he watched Alan it, Moore's he hated it, because Alan Moore's worst. crazy. I know, well, also, but, but like, he's the point. He's the yeah. problem. Is is he doesn't yeah. understand how things change, and you have to change with it, and you have to ch- make yeah. your message different. But also, like the V for Vendetta comic, V is a bad guy. Yeah, like he's he not is. Good. He's not the hero in that comic, but people think yeah. he is, and they put on the but fucking even, mask. But even worse, the only sympathetic person, one hundred percent, believes in what he's doing and takes up his mantle, and that's why you have a bunch of asshole hackers who are yep. probably super abusive in any way you can define the word. Have and have fucking V for Vendetta guy Fox masks. Oh no, anybody like, like anybody with a like there is like a, a FICO poster, a red sign or a red flag, a guy Fox mask is the the everything's on fire run. If you see that run, like you don't know, no want one any part understands, of that. except probably most British people. No one understands that. what Guy Fox means or represents. Because Guy Fox, like, was a terrorist who wanted to destroy the government and put in place a church government. Like, I don't understand why Guy Fox Day is a thing. Guy Fox is like a bad person who was wanted it a church to cap- government. Yes, yes. Yes, he well, was a well, theological well, that's because terrorist. Guy Fox Day, from what I understand, is about um it's, it's not even about the person. Being, it's about the plot being thwarted. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, like the gunpowder, like he was no, 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 a no, theological the plot being thwarted. Like but. he was a theological terrorist who wanted to blow up parliament and he wanted to be replaced with a government instilled from the Catholic Church. Okay. Well, like, see, what I get from Guy Fox Day, um, it's not about Guy Fox. It's about the idea of you know, if you believe that your government is wronging you, you need to do something about it. Not blow things up and not, you know, set up something else but it's it, it it's a reminder of necessary revolution even if guy fox himself was an unnecessary it's, revolution. it's a it's a it's a it's a fascinating example of the game of telephone that is history yes and how things get changed things over time because i've never heard about him wanting to put a theological um yeah dictatorship up ahead i didn't know that yeah, he was. But, um, uh, yeah, he uh, he was a member of a, provi- a group of provincial uh, English Catholics who wanted to, yeah, blow up the uh, 
blow up the uh the parliament and replace it with fucking english catholics so like basically he was uh everything that uh conservative white americans hate about brown people because they all think they're religious terrorists well do you know that kit harrington is a um he's a descendant Yeah. yeah And they made a show that I want to watch called Gunpowder. Forgot uh, about that, yeah. So what is David Fincher's worst curious, movie, almost. Jesse? Okay, so it's my least favorite simply because it's not to me. And I don't mean this, you know, again, as a gatekeeping anything. A but second. for me, it's just not Dave Fincher. It, it's very Hold a second. low, so, and it's so, going to be Benjamin Button. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, here's the thing. Yeah. That's actually my answer. Yeah. But I forget he made that movie. Exactly. That's because it doesn't feel like that's, adventure. It's that's so, actually my answer. It's so strange that that is a movie he made, and God. it's not a bad movie. But I don't think it was it's nearly not, a big a deal as people like uh, either. It's a. I think um, it's a fine movie. I think it's an awards bait movie. It's the King's it Speech. It existed just which to try is, and get Oscars. Which is like, not usually dave fincher's mo like he right? talks actively about how he doesn't care about awards like dave so i wonder fincher, if he just really liked that story and I just think, grabbed at it honestly you know what it was what uh it was a it was a uh it was probably the technology of it it was a technological challenge oh yeah and he saw it as a challenge to I how, can how CGI do you make that an movie. entire person give yeah like me. How, how like how do you how do i make this movie in a way that is not overly cg and all that and make it interesting i think david fincher looked at it as a puzzle uh but yeah, God, I always forget that's David Fincher. Because I was ready to go, man. If you said some shit like The Social Network, this was done. I was over. Because David Fincher might be my favorite filmmaker. Uh, oh, but hey, he's... God, I, for, I totally forget that... Da- God. Yep, it's... I yeah, totally it's, forgot he made Benjamin Button. And that's why it's forgettable. Not because it's a bad movie, but because it's just a straightforward movie. And what he's a, done so much more interesting things. What a dumb even, fucking... Oh my God. Because even Panic Room has like like Panic Room is still inter- like entertaining Panic, and Panic yeah. Room is really good. Um, it's also like proto um uh uh purge uh, in a way. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, again, I like Alien Three. <laughs> God, even though, Panic even though Panic he's denounced is, that movie as well. So. Panic Room is really good. Like people don't talk about Panic Room enough. All right. God, so, David Fincher is so easy. good. <laughs> um, so Toronto. Quentin Tarantino. That's his name. No, I'm kidding. All right. Here's the question. And I think the answer to this is yes. Does death proof count? Because my get my pick is death proof. You can let it count, but it's I think very, it counts. Also, it's super because, inconsequential to me, though. So not my but, pick. But like they also made a full like 90 minute, like 90 minute to a two hour cut of death proof as a standalone film. Yeah. And boy, death proof is not a good movie. Um. I respect it for what it is, what he wanted it to be. It yeah. It's never bothered me. There's one movie he's ever made that bothers me. Hateful and, Eight. And, huh? Hateful Eight? Yes. Yeah. That was my, um, I, I had written down Death Proof slash Hateful Eight. Right. Hateful Eight, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, so this is his version of what he thinks an art house film is. Really? And he's just gonna, yeah, because it's, it's bottled in. And yeah. it's and and it's 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 subverted from what you think. I mean, it's be... Rashomon. Mm, it's Rashomon. Bit, it's Rashomon. Like it's um, a bunch of people trapped in an area telling a story from different perspectives. 
That's Rashomon. Yeah, but that's not the main point of the story. True. That's not the main point of this. The frame, like the plot, is Rashomon right up until it isn't. But uh, also, um, you know, you know what just will ultimately always kill this movie. What is how for whatever reason, halfway through, it feels like he got up, went to the bathroom while editing. And somehow, for whatever reason, I guess because they both, you know, lived in Austin at the same time or whatever, uh, Wes Anderson snuck in, <laughs> sat down, and just quickly did a voiceover narration out of nowhere about what they did to the bodies in the middle of the movie, yep. and then left. And he never realized that that was in it, and then when he si- shifted off, and it was playing for the first time in theaters, and he saw that part, he was like, God damn it, Wes got me again! Here's the thing. That's but that's a very like that's Tarantino though like that's a totally yes remember the introduction for Hugo Stiglitz and Inglorious Bastards where we had like a comic book section narrated by Samuel L. Jackson for no reason that never came back again like that's very Tarantino to just bring in to bring in some random thing that doesn't gel with the tone of the movie for like 30 seconds and then cut back to the regular movie I think this tonal shift was way worse like it, like it was a more extreme tonal shift but like yeah. it's it's very like that is super standard for him i think i guess um for me immediately just, killing uh immediately killing um uh kurt russell pretty boy no the oh. other one he you probably forgot he was in the movie because he did it for five seconds who and tatum Immediately killing Channing Tatum felt oh, like yeah. pointless. I forgot like, that he like, was in it. Cause he, cause they kind of set him up like he was the main bad guy. Like he did feel he like he was out. the like mastermind for all this. But again, that's Tarantino. Oh my god, I shot Marvin in the face. No, because Marvin never mattered. <laughs> True, but also like Tarantino Marvin didn't is... have a gang of twenty men we never see named True. after him. <laughs> but like like Tarantino is is not one to shy away from like blasting away main characters just kind of out of nowhere. I know it just it John Travolta not, getting nothing killed about getting out of the can. Like that's the thing. After the, the thing. second like the second watch nothing from Hateful Eight like, gelled with me. The ha- Hateful Eight felt like I feel like it didn't I feel like it got hurt coming off of Django Unchained cuz it felt very similar. Yeah, like same it universe was, even. Yeah, like tonal and all that. But also like it just kind of felt like him going through the motions. Yeah. Like, it felt like he showed up and was like, I want to make a Tarantino movie. And he just made a Tarantino movie. He, and he did say, before it came out, he quoted himself um, saying that, uh, he didn't quote, whatever, um, that he figured out how to make the perfect Western, and that's why he made Hateful Eight. Eh, I mean, listen, Hateful Eight is a good Western. Like, here's the thing. If that movie's made by any other director, I think I like it a lot more. Because, like, when you have a director like Tarantino, there's a certain amount of baggage that comes with that name. Yeah. And I would like it a lot more coming from another director, probably. Because, listen, I'm a sucker for a good Western. Uh, especially, like, a good modern Western. Yeah. I'm very excited for the new Coen Brothers movie. Um, do you ever watch Slow West? Oh. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's, like, a weird Western uh, comedy uh, starring uh, Michael Fassbender uh and ben mendelson it's very good i highly recommend it uh but yeah like it was a wet like it was like anybody else makes that movie and it's like a totally fine really entertaining pulpy western but like tarantino shows up and you expect more than that you expect more than just the tarantino greatest hits and that's I what he gave you i can't watch the 
the big black dingus part again. God, I forgot about that. That's that's just too much. It's yeah, not, there's a lot about that movie that makes, I've completely forgotten about that just bounces yeah. off of me. Yeah, and it just makes it not very rewatchable. Yeah. But um so, so the last one, right? So, Jesse. Yes. What's Martin Scorsese's last movie? I'm sorry, worst movie? worst movie. What's Martin Scorsese's worst movie? Um so there's a few movies I still want to see, but from what I have seen, I was going to say Cape Fear. Oh, oh, I don't know if I'd go on that yeah. journey with you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't so know, good. because cause I don't feel like I can handle, like, of course I'm not going to like this character for two hours thing. Like, I get that kind of situation. I don't like in, handling that over and over. But, and it's still, I guess, basically not liking um, Robert De Niro for two hours. I'm not big on Casino. Well, yeah, no, I feel actually, like it's I an think, ultimate rehash of Goodfellas. Yeah, so I was about to I'm say, like, honestly, I think Casino is a solid pick because it is just Goodfellas Part 2. Uh, it is yeah. 100% Goodfellas Part 2. I would not fault you for that at all. So I, yeah, I'm going to go with Casino because I remember, again, the two times I've watched it, I'm like, man, I've watched Goodfellas. There's right? more two Goodfellas. There's right? more like, engagement in Goodfellas. Yeah. Like, if I want to watch, doesn't have that magic. Casino yeah. just doesn't have that magic. If I want to watch uh, Casino, I'll watch Goodfellas because it's the same movie but way better. Casino but mine just doesn't have the same thing. Go for it. Mine is very, I think, very controversial. I think Martin Scorsese's worst movie is Gangs of New York. I love Gangs. Gangs of New up. York is a performance. If you have any, like, it's a slow, plodding, boring movie lifted up by Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. And I think we give it a pass because we have been trained to think that everything Daniel Day-Lewis touches is fucking solid gold, even though I yeah. think it's one of his lesser performances. Here's, a, here's my thing, because I was thinking about this the other day. Rep- take that movie, same movie. Replace Daniel Day-Lewis... Uh, with, oh God, I can't remember his name. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Replace Daniel Day Lewis with Michael Shannon, because <laughs> he could give a very similar performance. I'm just imagining you, Michael Shannon with the flag draped around him now. Do you think that movie is as beloved as it is? If you do that, I don't know. Um, so my reason why I've loved Gangs of New York forever, um. It is it is slow, but I, I like it slow. It feels feels really brutal and intense without being overly like not in a brutal Tarantino way. I, yeah, it's it, it's a brutal Scorsese way, which is its own type of yeah. brutal. No, I've always appreciated the slow burn. Um it's my favorite Cameron Diaz performance. Like listen, don't get me wrong. I can appreciate a slow burn in a movie, but like Games of New York just feels very self indulgent to me. Maybe, yeah. It does, it does suck that, like, we don't get the actual fight at the end, which is kind of the point, but then there, there's a lot to it. I'm up and down, depending on which day of the week it is. Yeah. Also... I'm like, man, it's one of his top three best movies, and the other day, I'm like, yeah, I get it. it yeah, yeah so. like, I just don't think... Also, I just don't fucking like Daniel Day-Lewis that much. Because yeah, he's Daniel... not the reason why I like that movie at all. Oh, don't get me wrong. I just I'm think, like, obsessed as a person, with Leonardo. Like, as a person, and just, like, like, he is a perfect example of all that is wrong with, like, the movie industry. 
because Daniel Day-Lewis is this like incredibly difficult up his own ass fucking quote unquote method actor who is allowed to treat his coworkers and staff and everything like total shit. Uh, but if somebody else does that, it's deemed inaccessible. Like, or I mean, excuse me, if a woman does that, it's deemed totally unacceptable. Like, remember when Anne Hathaway went to movie jail for like five years because like she was deemed difficult to work with on the set of Les Miserables because she is a method actress and she didn't get to make shit for a while. But what, meanwhile, Jared Leto's mailing dead rats to coworkers and Daniel Day Lewis is abusing every single person on set and they're viewed as these great artists. Like. I think Daniel Day Lewis gets a pass in a way that he shouldn't. I thought I thought people shat on Jared Leto for that though. Oh, they they did eventually, but like I think it's because his performance wasn't very good. Whereas before that, Jared Leto was still very method and still pretty shitty to the people around him because he was like and he was, was super respected. Uh, and like he, but he was like Dallas super like he was, but like even then, like before stuff, like he's been this respected actor right up until he's not because people are over done with his bullshit. Uh, but it's also because he does it in a more like overt way than Daniel Day Lewis does. Like Daniel Day Lewis, like psychologically tortures the people he's around, and Jared Leto is just like an edgy kid. With I hate the stories words. about him in my left foot. Like Daniel Day Lewis is a bad person. That's but like it's this idea that we have where in order to be a great artist, you have to be kind of a shitty person. If you're that, yeah, if you're good at your job, you're allowed to be an asshole. Yeah, it uh, ultimately uh, goes to as long as you're a white man. Because that that is not allowed. Like, imagine if Viola Davis, because Viola Davis had to scrape for decades to get to where she is now. Imagine if she did stuff like that once. She's done. Right? She never comes back from that. It took Ocean's 8 for Anne Hathaway to finally bounce back. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis can do it because people like Daniel Day-Lewis are allowed to. And it's just, and I understand, it's not, like, it's Daniel Day-Lewis's fault for being a douche. It's not Daniel Day-Lewis's fault for, like, the systematic issues of the film business, but he is, like, the poster child for it. Like, he's a great actor, but I don't care, because I would trade all of those performances for the people he's worked with to, like, not have to have gone through all that stuff. And I think a lot of people could just do similar stuff just as well. Yeah, the and on, honestly... I, the only movie I really think that he's done worth like celebrating, and I haven't seen it yet, still is um, "There Will Be Blood." Yeah, like honestly, you could get rid of everything and just keep "There Will Be Blood," and it would be fine. Yeah, I still he's not am... bad in the Crucible, but yeah, the Crucible's weird. Um, let me see here. I'm but trying I to remember who really he been interested in him in general. I'm still mad he. Uh... I'm still mad he won Best Actor at for Lincoln. <laughs> like, it was fine, but, like, it felt like a very Oscar performance, you know? I don't know who I would have given it to. Probably never watched Lincoln. Was... Like, Lincoln's fine. Oh. Like, it's worth watching. Here's the problem with Lincoln. Lincoln goes on ten minutes too long. Because you have, like, you're near the end of the movie. Everything's taken care of. Lincoln is, like, is talking about, oh... I'm going to the theater and there's this great shot of him walking down the hall and putting on like his stovepipe hat and walking out the door. And that's when the credits should roll, right? Everybody knows it's about to happen. Roll credits. But no, it goes for another 10 minutes and you see him at the theater and you see the assassination and you see him get rushed back and you see him die. And like, 
that didn't need to happen. You had the perfect ending. You had the perfect shot to end the movie on. But you kept going, what's wrong with you? It's Again, it's like Robin in Batman, or in Dark Knight Returns. It's like, it is this overwhelming lack of subtlety. Like, trust your audience. We all took 7th grade U.S. history. I promise we know what's going to happen. Oh man, that death scene. <laughs> right? Oscar winning death scene. Anything else? Any honorable mentions? Any other, like, uh, let me see here. Um... Trying to think if there's any other directors I can think of that we didn't touch on. Oh, we could do that like another episode. Yeah, probably. There are plenty of directors. We could do best films by worst directors. Throw Tim Burton and Ridley Scott in there. (laughs) We could do that. God. Well, thank Uh, you very much. That was fun. We got any uh, news stuff? Uh, Not really. It's fine. There's... um... Anything you want? People not figuring out if uh, Henry Cavill has left a DC or not. (laughs) Yeah, uh, listen, Marvel figure it out. Or Marvel, DC (laughs) cast cast Oscar Isaac as Batman and Michael B. Jordan as Superman. You cowards! Come on, that would be Batman. Wow. So I was talking to a friend of mine because there's like a new Batman or a new uh, Adams Family animated movie coming out. Yeah. We were talking about like dream casting, and I was like, "Man, for years I've been saying remake Adam Sandler and cast Oscar Isaac as Gomez." Ah. And my my I was like, "So who's?" I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, "Oh yeah, so who's uh, who's starring in the new Adam Sandler movie?" And he's just like, "Oscar Isaac is playing Gomez." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> he's like, "Are you messing with me?" I said, "No." He's like, "Yeah, no, like Oscar Isaac's playing Gomez," and I was like, "That's great, but it should be live action. He looks like Gomez Adams." pretty funny thank you jesse that's that's all our time we will see you guys later have a good day